Beer is awesome, but sometimes the world of beer can be intimidating. As a team of four women with diverse point of views, from our cultures to our roles in the industry, we're here to share with you the real faces behind the bubbly, crispy drink we all love, and yes, really, all drink. Hi, and welcome to Do You Even Drink Beer? One-on-one sessions. What are one-on-one sessions? Well, it gives us the opportunity to be able to have personal and intimate conversations with people who we know in the industry. Could be craft beer, could be music, could be food, could be culture. For example, today I'll be having a one-on-one session with Liz, president from Beer Culture Center, based out of Chicago. I was out there visiting not too long ago, and I met the board and got to have some personal time with Liz talking about the evolution of craft beer and which direction this industry is going. So with that, I thought it'd be a great idea to bring her on here, discuss these things, and be able to share them with all of you. This is how things are going to change up from time to time with Do You Even Drink Beer? So today, it's going to be Liz and I. Maybe next time it'll be Andreina, or Ayana, or Sydney. Either way, it's our way of being able to bring more information to you guys, but from a different perspective. Enjoy. Hello, Liz from Beer Culture Center. Thank you so much for joining me today on Do You Even Drink Beer one-on-one sessions. Thank you for having me. I am, it's a true pleasure to always chat with you. Oh, thank you. I also wanted to share that I am a board member for Beer Culture Center and I was out there, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, for the official board meeting. And I was able to... Yeah, I was able to learn so much more out there. And also, I love Chicago. It's amazing. But I wanted this session to be able to just talk everything beer culture and what the organization is about, how long you've been running it, and just your thoughts on on the beer industry and how Beer Culture Center can, can assist and has been assisting and developing more resources for people in craft beer. So to start, uh, first and last name, please. Liz Garibay. I love that. And your role at Beer Culture Center. Uh, I'm the founder and executive director. Oof, big words. I love that. Um, yeah, so give me give me the lowdown on Beer Culture Center. What is it? Where does it come from? All of that stuff. Yeah, uh, so I'll try to I'll try to keep this brief. It's a long-winded story, right? Because nothing that we actually want to pursue ever just happens. We mm-hmm. you know it's never just a straight line to to things that we're passionate about. It's always quite windy. Um, and that is no different for this story. Uh, I had, since a kid, um, I'd always been interested in history. I actually went to graduate school for archeology span when I was in 15, when I was 15 years old, I got my first internship at the Field Museum here in Chicago in the anthropology department. And I was in that museum world for years. I just, every chance I got, any spring break, Christmas break, summer break, you know, uh, well, um, some some of my you know friends were going off to Florida or to wherever. Um, we we just my parents, you know, they're they're blue collar immigrants who we really didn't have the the opportunities to do that, the money to do that. So I hunkered down and kept interning, and um, I always joke that after giving them seven free years of labor, I graduated from college and they finally hired me as a as an archaeologist. And so I got more time in the museum. I got more time doing things. And then I realized one day after being in graduate school, how much I hated academia. 
um, and that the true thing that was driving me all these years was the learning environment, the education environment in a museum setting, um, which was a really difficult uh, moment because you're, you worked so hard for so long and then you're like, mm, pause, going to do something different. Um, so I went back to museums and loved them, did a bunch of different things. Um, and it's one of those, again, environments where it's museum, the world is, is a great place, but it's a very antiquated place. It's very structured. It's very much run by the same people that run everything. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do was kind of non-traditional in a way. And when I was able to do stuff, it was because there was one person who was allowing me to go with it. Right. And then, but for the majority of of the folks around me, I really kind of had to fight, fight, fight to do something in a different way or make change. Um, and I decided that after several years of working at a museum where I had made a lot of change, that I was never going to advance. My my career was sort of stunted. Um, I think a lot of the 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 things I was doing uh, was scaring a lot of people. Mm. Right, because you're doing things differently. One, I mean, the, the big thing that I did was, along my graduate studies, um, I was hired at the at the museum to to diversify the audience, right? Get a younger audience. Um, this is the Chicago History Museum, and I was hired with the intention of getting a younger audience in, uh, you know, people of different backgrounds, and kind of changing the face of the audience. And while I was in graduate school, you know, I had spent a lot of time. Um, in bars by myself because you don't know anybody. You kind of want to get away from the typical people you're you see every day. Right. And I was listening to the old timers for for a while, and I realized that you know they'd been sitting at these bar stools for thirty plus years, and they had a lot of valuable stories to share, a lot of valuable oral histories. So I started writing stuff down, and then of course I didn't know how much of what they were telling me was fiction versus fact. So I went and did a lot of research in archival uh, places, museums, libraries, you name it. And um, I had just amassed history of about 85 bars by the time I started my job at the History Museum. And the first thing I did when I was there, I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start a program called History Pub Crawls, where we're going to take people to bars and we're going to talk about their history and how it plays a role in the city and the, in the bigger picture of our American history. And again, people were kind of like, wait, you want to take people drinking? That's ridiculous. You're just dumbing down history. And thankfully, I had a boss, uh, a woman named Lynn McRaney, who is really, really just forward thinking. And she's like, this is great. Let's 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 go for it. Let's let's do some trial runs. And the. Um, Pub crawl sold out immediately, and so wow. we were onto something, right? And after seven years of doing that, um, you know, there was a new membership base. There was, you know, pub crawl merch in the store. They were letting me do all kinds of other stuff. So we had kind of proven this theory. And again, after realizing I couldn't do many more more things that I wanted to do. I left, and I also left because there are other museums approaching me, asking me to help them with their um, programming and some of their mm -hmm. exhibition. Um, so I decided that it was time for me to take a risk and start my own consulting business. 
And I did that and um, immediately in a, a museum reached out to me and asked if I would curate uh, an exhibit about Chicago beer history. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is something I've been wanting to do forever. So we did it and it was incredibly fulfilling. Um, it was also one of the most successful exhibits they've ever done. Um, so again, sort of, you know, more data to prove that point. And so while I was working on this exhibit, you know, that had been already like, gosh, years and years of me doing this sort of research, being in this world, sort of like going between the academic world and the museum world, but also in the craft beer world, right? Because they're all connected. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and after gathering all this data, after sort of years of proof of the different programs and exhibitions that I had done by this point, I was like, you know what? Maybe a museum about this stuff is actually worth doing. So what I immediately did was started to research what was out there, right? Who's the competition in a sense? And it wasn't really much of a competition. It was more about like, who's already doing something that we could work with? And um, so basically what I found was there's two kinds of museums sort of like this that existed. One, small community city museums where you walk in and there's just like stuff, right? In cases, Buriana, like, you know, old cans from the 70s and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Or the exact total polar opposite, which is a giant museum experience focused on the story of one brand, right? So if you ever yeah. go to Amsterdam, Heineken, you know? Right. And it's really about marketing, which I get, and it's a cool places, but it's like, this is our story and our story alone. And so what I really wanted to build was a museum that told the stories of basically everyone through space and time, right? And because I have a theory that that beer is a really special connector. Alcohol is a very special connector. And, you know, from my archaeology days, you learn really quickly that people have been drinking ever since we could pretty much walk, right? It's always been a catalyst um, for things. So I, I started to really kind of just reach out to some of my mentors and get their opinion, you know, about arts and culture and funding. And they're all incredibly supportive and basically said, go do it, go build a, a really impressive team, a team of people who believe in it, believe in you, because that's the only way that it's going to get done. And so I did. Um, and that was, gosh, that was at the end of 2013. And in 2014, early 2014, I had built sort of what I thought was my dream team, right? The very first person I ever asked to sit down with and ask if he would be on our board of directors was John Hall, who started Goose Island Beer Company. Mm. And, you know, I'm like, I'm like, and I couldn't believe he took my, took a meeting with me. He, I didn't know him at all. And I met him at the brew pub and I, you know, I was so nervous and, you know, just, it was a big deal and I and I made the ask and he, he just said yes and I was like holy shit like if John Hall said yes then I might be onto something and then slowly but surely other people said yes and I asked other museum professionals and you know people that are going to sort of make a multidisciplinary um, you know effort and approach to this organization so for two years really from 2014 to 2016 we met regularly and just kind of set up a mission vision a plan you know, just conversations um, that needed to happen. And in May of 2016, we went public. Um, and that's kind of how it all started. And we started out really doing basic stuff like meet and greets at bars and breweries, right? Places that were already sort of rooted in community um, just to tell people what we were doing. And then the big, the big thing was 
a colleague of mine at the Field Museum had asked to meet with me and she had started like Field Museum beers. And this was also very innovative at the time when she started this in, gosh, what was it, 20, I don't know, 14, 13? Um, You know, people really weren't doing stuff with beer and museums. So when I like started the history pub crawls, the reason it was a big issue is because at that point in time, mixing alcohol in museums was really kind of considered taboo. You just didn't do it. You know, it wasn't really a thing to do because people, I I don't know, people always kind of viewed alcohol as the enemy. You know, it was a very bizarre thing. How could it possibly be valuable? How could it possibly contribute to arts and culture? How could it possibly contribute to anything that was heady and brainy, right? No one could ever really grasp that. And I was like, no, I swear to God, we can make this happen and we can be relevant to different communities. So it was a really kind of a battle. And so when Megan started doing this at the Field Museum with her beers, I'm like, this is exactly what needs to happen. Like you need to do these kind of different initiatives. So I knew that having spent many years at the Field Museum and what she was doing, I know that she probably also was sort of facing some of this similar adversity. Um, but was able to push it through. And so we met and she was like, I love what you're doing. Let's work together. And I'm like, yes. Like, so really for a, a teeny museum that nobody knows about, right? A startup nonprofit, for God's sakes, for some for an institution like the Field Museum to be like, hey, let's partner. That was a really big deal. So we started to do some programs and uh, events together. Um, and then the big break was when they were like, hey, would you ever consider doing an exhibit? And I was like, 100%. And that's a whole other story, but we made it happen in a very short time. And really the the exhibit was uh, just really phenomenal for a, a number of reasons. But to make the long story, uh, cut it short a little bit here, it also was a, a proof of concept. Um, it was incredibly... Um, uh, successful. Uh, we extended it twice. Um, and then COVID hit. So that's how kind of the reason it ended, to be honest, I don't know that how much longer it would have gone if had COVID not happened. It was the first time that the field museum ever created merch co-branded with another organization, another business. Like it was just really, it was really significant. And so right about the time that I started putting together this exhibit in gosh, 2018, I also befriended someone. I had just befriended another key person in in this industry, in the industry of beer and museums, and that's uh, Teresa McCullough, who was the beer historian, the curator of the American Brewing Initiative at the National Museum of American History. And we started to uh, chat a while, and I actually was in D.C. presenting at the Pop Culture Association Conference when we sat down, and I was like, okay, I have a new idea. What if we created a four-day conference that was a mashup of academics, museums, and beer? And it's all about beer culture and history. And she's like, oh, this is really cool. So we talked back and forth about it. And then she was like, you know, this is a really great idea. I think it's very innovative. I don't, no one has ever done it. Um, So the Smithsonian wants to support it. So the National Museum of American History will be your partner on this. Wow. So we launched that in 2019. So really in three years, we went from being this, you know, again, startup to having an exhibit at the Field Museum to then doing this four-day conference with the Smithsonian. 
So it's sort of fast and furious. And, and that was really some major moments that got us to where we are today, which is, you know, getting some more partnerships, doing a lot more collaborations, getting some important funding. Um, we originally started out as an organization called the Chicago Bruseum. Um, but we'd grown so much so fast. Um, and again, our, we did so many things with people not only across the country, but across the world. So we got a strategic planning grant. And one of the main things that came out of it was that we needed to rebrand. And so in October of last year, we officially switched over to becoming the Beer Culture Center, which is a little bit more obvious about who we are and what we do. Yeah. Uh, that is very fast. Uh, and, that, and actually, that was not even so fast version of how we are where we are today. I mean, that was able that, I mean, that was you were able to just give us a whole like, <laughs> all right, buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. So right. thank you for that. Yeah. And you asked me around that time if I would be interested in in being a board member, which I yes. immediately said yes to, because, again, the work that you've been doing is extremely impressive and again thank you for that why does well, let, an or let me just pause there real quick because one of the things that you know when you're in a nonprofit and you're heading a nonprofit is again the first piece of advice was build the right team around you and you know and as your as your organization is evolving you start to realize that you need to change in certain ways but then also as the world around you is evolving, right? Think people, new people come up, people are doing new things and you realize that there are tweaks that you need to make. And so while running an organization takes up a lot of my time, I'm always trying to see what's out there. And so, you know, I got, I was really fortunate and honored that Garrett Oliver asked me to serve on the board of the MJF, his organization. And so that's how I got to know you. And, you know, I'm gonna just say that there are people who I, you know, when I, when people I'm like impress me, I'm like, there's something here, right? There, there's, there's something cooking and we're just beginning to see the beginnings of it. And so you're certainly one of those people that, you know, I, I noticed immediately. And then again, as we continue to do the work with the MJF, I was like, yeah, you know, we're going to shift some things up with this board. And I think we need breeze. And, you know, I, I told you before, like, I wanted to make sure I had Garrett's blessing yeah, make sure he, like I wasn't poaching you or anything. Right. And so right. he was he was very supportive of that too. So I want to just say that like you know, it's not just like some random thought process. There's a lot that goes into it, and really realizing and observing and acknowledging talent. So I hope you realize that 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 it was the case here too. Thank you. That really means a lot. It's always really hard to hear these things because going into the MGF, it was really intimidating sitting on a board being the only board member that had the title of shift brewer when all of you guys were organ you know president of uh presidents of organizations and brewery owners and oh god the list can the list can go on but i was beyond intimidating sitting in that zoom room with you guys so thank you it's yeah. been uh, it's been a really an amazing three and a half years learning from all of you guys. And again, I really appreciate it. You asking me to jump on being a board member for beer culture center. When I was sitting in that room <clears throat> for our first board meeting and everybody was introducing themselves and also being in Chicago when I just didn't know anybody in Chicago and I didn't know any of those people in, in that room and meeting John from, from goose Island. I was, uh, uh I, I was very, shy at first and um Rafa de, de, de Armas was also 
there and I was looking at him and, you know, also it with me being there to have to allow us people who aren't as as experienced as those members in that board. Why is it so important to add that kind of diversity and also different variations of experience for a board that is that is just strictly voluntary for an organization? Well, at its core, it's really what I was taught very early on. You know, when I was again, when I was at the History Museum, the first thing that I was one of my very first tasks was, hey, we have this um, committee made up of outside people. And the focus is that they're all prominent in the LGBTQ plus community. And we are trying to create some programming that focuses on that community to, again, help diversify. That Diversifying the museum was really, really the, the goal for the entire institution. And so I started, I would, my job was to sort of be the, the liaison between the museum and this group, right? And, and oversee the meetings and do all these things. And so that was really my first foray into sort of, I guess, what would become a future board. But, you know, I was very young still and learning. And there was the gentleman who created that board and created that whole initiative is a his name is Jim Alexander, and he he oversees a major foundation here, and he's just very prominent in philanthropy in general. And over the course of my seven years of running this thing and knowing him and learning from him, he became a really important person in my life. And really at the end, that last year that I was at the History Museum, he asked to meet with me separately, and we went out to lunch. And he's like, you know, I'm creating a new fund that is meant to raise money to help LGBTQ plus organizations and provide them with some grants. And it's brand new and I want you to serve on the board. And I was like, uh, I've never been on a board. I don't know what to do. I don't mm -hmm. know anybody, I don't have any money. Right. How the hell could I possibly contribute? And he was like, well, I've watched you and I think you have some good ideas and I think you have some vision and I think that you would add a lot to that conversation and to that group of people. And he goes, and the last thing is, is that, you know, I was taught this stuff too. And it's my responsibility to teach other people how to do this because you guys are going to be the future leaders of these places and of these organizations. And then hopefully you'll do the same. And so throughout that whole time that he sort of helped me out and, and again, taught me in a different environment now, I left the museum and I still served on that fund for another 12 years, um, you know, learning from him. Um, you know, as I started to grow and be more experienced and better understand what I was doing, once that board, the initial board that I created that was really meant to be very like impressive names, right? People who are already well established. Once we sort of, got that footing and I saw how we were changing. I, there was a moment where I was like, okay, here's my chance. Here's my turn to be able to get other voices in here, voices that matter, voices that I know are going to be significant and influential in different ways. Um, but it's also an opportunity for me to sort of pay it forward in a way 
and foster the next generation of these leaders, you know? And so you and Rafael Darmas, right? Immediately, I was impressed when he was an MJF scholar. And then the other guy who I've been so impressed with over the last two years was Rich Bloomfield, who is one of the co-founders of Funky Town Brewing here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was you know? great. And, 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 and Rich said the same thing. To, he had said, I think he said the exact same thing to me that I had said to Jim so many years earlier. It's like, I, I've never been on a board. What the hell do you want with me? Like, And I'm like, I gave the whole spiel. You know, and he was really touched. And I think that's really at the core of it is that there's, this is multi-layered, right? It's, you guys are, you guys are going to be future leaders. I mean, you already are leaders in, in, in a sense. You're going to keep doing great things. You're going to contribute and add to our organization significantly. Um, the goal is to have more people who look like us in these spaces, right? And then hopefully what you learn and what I can potentially in a way teach you will be something that will help you do your own groundbreaking stuff. So that's kind of the reason behind um, sort of this next stage of, of my career, I guess, my life in this organization. Well, I can tell you, you've been doing exactly that. You've been advocating for me and assisting me and mentoring me and helping me through this next stage of my life of being the director, being the director of operations for the MJF and starting Miluna and also working with you, being a board member for Beer Culture Center. It's um, I am I'm really happy that you're by my side. So thank you so much. If people wanted to know more about the Beer Culture Center, where where could they go? Yep, just go to beerculturecenter.org and you'll see uh, the website's actually great. It gives you everything you can possibly know, our story, uh, tells you about who we are, our team, our events, any upcoming events will be on there. It tells you everything about our, our conference that we do every fall, the Beer Culture Summit. Um, it gives you all the information. You can possibly uh, see all of our beer collabs. We do beer collabs with other nonprofits. I'm a big believer that nonprofits should support and can support nonprofits. Um, yeah. There's a reason why we can't do an event to raise money for somebody else, right? If they're doing good right. work, then we should we should help each other out. And so we do beer collabs um, with other nonprofits and breweries. Uh, so you can see all of the beers that we have done, which are pretty cool. Um, our socials are on there. So yeah, beerculturecenter.org is really the best resource. Phenomenal. Well, I won't take up much of your time. I just want to say thank you again for jumping on here. I was able to ask the questions that needed to be asked. So I'm really proud of myself for, for doing that. <laughs> this is a big plus for me doing these one-on-ones. It's our first one. So I'm really nervous about it. But you made me look so good right now, which is fantastic. Thank you. Well, um, I appreciate all your work um, that you, you have done. And I know that, you know, making change in your life is very scary. Mm -hmm. It's a big risk. But, you know, it's like I always tell people, Leaving graduate school was one of the most frightening experiences of my life. It is the best decision I ever made. You know, leaving leaving uh, a nine to five in a sense. Yeah, that'll be a scary thing, but the best one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Yeah. So you know, once if you're passionate about it, it, it it's certainly rewarding in its own way. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm it's n not looking back and definitely looking forward. So. Yeah. Again, thank you so much. I will be talking to you soon or texting you or emailing you or calling you or all the above. So have an amazing day and thank you again. Start it up, start it up. Start it up, start